Hello, thank you for visiting the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, feel free to visit our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And now here is this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. All right, I want to um, I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about when we get together. The title of this message is called When We Gather, and I want to talk about church just for a little bit this morning, if that's okay. Um, before we get into the scripture this morning, uh, I just want to tell you guys that I've been coming to church here since the very beginning. So Heather and I, we actually met uh, in a living room at Dick and Diane Salmon's house, and that little gathering is what became this church, you know? And so she and I, we were still in high school. We were just high school sweethearts or whatever. Um, but what's interesting about that is that we've had, we've had all the history that a person could have with this church. Like, there are other people who have as much history with this church as I do, but no one has more than me, right? And so I've done church here for more than two decades. Last November was our 20-year sort of like anniversary, and we had a big party, and that was really cool. But um, So we've done a lot of church um, with this thing that we call Vineyard Campbellsville for the last 20 years, and I've been here just about every Sunday. Uh, I've obviously missed a few Sundays, and the last four or five years I've traveled a ton more, and that doesn't look like it's going to change. But still, most of my, whatever you would call spiritual formation, has happened within the context of Vineyard Campbellsville. And let me just say, um, I still love this place. Uh, What's really interesting is I get to travel a lot, get to go to a lot of cool places and do a lot of very fun things. And there is no place like home. I still feel that way, you know. And so this has just been really important in my own spiritual journey. This thing that we call getting together on Sunday morning. Uh, A lot of the faces who are here now are not faces who were there at the beginning. That's the way church is. Especially in Campbellsville. People come for the university or people come from Amazon. They're with us three or four years and then they're gone, right? And um, But there's this, this unit that sticks together and it is... Vineyard Campbellsville. And one of the things I can tell you is that over the last 20 years, um, things have really changed. This is not the same church. This is not the same church. Uh, lots and lots of things have changed. For one, we're, we're just bigger. Um, you wouldn't really note it right now. I mean, like most of our church is probably out on vacation this morning or whatever. But like the church itself is just way bigger than it was back in the day. It just keeps, keeps doing this. We've got you know, two services. They just keep going like this. And we're trying to figure out a new building. Not so much because this room doesn't work, but because... The, Kids' wing is a joke, and like, what are we going to do? That's my next big project as a pastor, figure out what we're going to do next, right? But things have happened. Like, so the church just keeps growing, and then the new combinations of people. And then, and then you know, along the way, um, churches have evolutions, right? We, everything evolves. Uh, people, people evolve. Churches evolve. Uh, our faith evolves. And, and by, I'm, what I mean by evolving faith is, it's not so much that what we believe changes. Sometimes it does. But it's more how we believe changes. And this is really, really good. Like one of the things that you'll, that you'll know is happening if you're on a journey with Jesus is just, just stuff changes. Like it, it maybe, maybe you wouldn't even say that the substance of your faith has changed. But the way you see it, the way it works in the world and how you believe it changes. And that's happened here. And one of the reasons I bring that up is because... Um, some of you guys are here at the vineyard and you're like super happy to be here because either you didn't go to church and you weren't really a church person. You sort of like became a believer and now you're here and it's like, great. 
Or maybe you were raised in some super fundy home and you can't, yeah. Like, you know, some people know what I'm talking about. Like, you just came from some super fundamentalist home and there was like a rule for everything. Maybe you had to wear your skirts down real low or something like that. And that was like the rule. And if you broke it, you go to hell. You know, just lots of direct paths to hell. You know, it's like the chute could open at any moment. And so you're here and you feel a lot better. And you're like pretty excited about this place. And I mean, if that's true, man, that's great. But I do want to tell you, like, don't fall in love with this place like the way it is right now because it's not going to stay the same. And if you're in love with this place in terms of its current configuration, dude, in five years you're going to get your heart broken, right? Because this place just keeps changing. In fact, one of the things I think right now is I think our church is molting. Any biologists in the room? Animal planet, anyone? You know, birds, they molt. M-O-L-T. It's a hard word to say, too. Molt. Sounds like you're mispronouncing something else. I don't know what else it is. It just, it just, it's like, can't be right. But birds do this thing where they molt. They, um, they like lose their feathers and they lose their feathers so they can get new feathers. Right? And I think we're in the beginning stages of molting. Like we're losing some of our feathers and we're going to get some new feathers. And I just want to tell you guys, um, just like a bird that molts, I have a feeling our church is going to go through a season where it's going to get ugly. Like, not like people hate each other ugly, but just like, ah, oh, it's not as slick as it used to be, or whatever. Like, we're about to go through this little stage, and we're going to lose some of our real pretty feathers, the ones that we print, and then we're going to have to get some new feathers, and that process is going to, like, be disruptive, you know? I just, I have a feeling. And so, because of that, what I wanted to do is I wanted to talk to you guys about, I just wanted to talk to you about church for a minute. And I wanted to show you, at least in one place in the Scripture... Um, a little passage that really helps us, or helps me anyway, get an idea of what church really, really should be. And this is super simple. It's literally three flipping verses, okay? There are other places we could look in the scripture, but I like this one a lot. And this might help us for the next few years through our molting process. So let's put it up. It's out of the Gospel of Luke. This is the beginning of Jesus' Sermon on the Plain. It goes like this. Verse 17, when they came down from the mountain, they being Jesus and his disciples, the disciples stood with Jesus on a large level or area surrounded by many of his followers and by the crowds. There were people from all over Judea and Jerusalem and from as far north as the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those troubled by evil spirits were healed. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him and he healed everyone. Man, that's three great verses. That's Jesus in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason I wanted to bring these three verses in front of us this morning is because they just have such a foundation for what it means to be the church. It sort of um, ties together everything that we are when we get together. And hopefully this can be who we are, not just in our history, but like going forward. Uh, first thing I want you to notice is, it's just verse 17. What is church? This is church right here. You get the disciples, you get followers, and you get crowds, right? And I love that the Bible includes this kind of language. But at the center of the disciples, the followers, and the crowds, you have Jesus. So what is church? Well, church is where Jesus is the center, where we let Jesus be the center. But... Before we get to Jesus being the center, one of the things we need to see is that there's all kinds of people who are around him. 
So the disciples here, those would be the apostles. Those might be the people we consider to be his closest associates, right? His very best students. And then around that, we have this little band we'd call followers. And then beyond that, we have the crowds. And the truth is, this morning, all of us fit into one of those three categories. And hopefully, hopefully, as we journey with Jesus, we move from crowds into being followers and from followers into being disciples. That's the journey that we're all supposed to take. But here's the truth. It's totally cool if you're in the crowd this morning just to be in the crowd. That's totally cool. Um, one of the things that happens when the church gets together, the real church, the real church isn't just a collection of the convinced. It's also a, conglom- a conglomeration of people who are just curious, maybe just sort of on the outside edges. As long as the vineyard is the vineyard, and if the vineyard is being the real vineyard, if we're being the real church, one of the things we're going to be is we're going to be the place where Jesus can be in the center, but then around that, all different kinds of people can show up. And historically, that's what we've been. We've got some people here who love Jesus more than pretty much anyone I know. And we've got some other people here who are like, I don't really know about Jesus. I just came because my wife made me come, and I'm here, and hopefully I'll get a nap this afternoon. Hey, listen, and if that's you, totally cool. Just be here. You don't have to be anything in particular to be a part of the church. You actually don't. You have to just be here. And here's the thing. As you come around Jesus, chances are, because Jesus is by far the most interesting person I know, Jesus has this way of putting hooks in you. He has a way of catching people, right? So, what is the church? It's always, always, it's a mixed bag. That's what it is. That's one of the reasons the church is so darn difficult. It's because it's mixed bag. We're all different places. And one of the troubles that we have is when we try to put our disciple, when we try to put our disciple experience on people who are still firmly in the crowds, you know, and we begin to compare each other. It just doesn't work. One of the things that Sunday morning should be in particular, Sunday morning should be a place where we just have a lot of latitude, just a lot of freedom and a lot of latitude. And I think it's one of the reasons why we've always had such a weird mix here at the Vineyard. I mean, you guys realize we have, like, for real Amish people who come here. And then we also have, like, heavily tattooed people who come here. And how many of you know that you wouldn't get this collision of cultures any other place? You wouldn't. There's no basketball game you can go to. There's no football game. There's no, there's no academic circle that you can go hang into that would get you the conglomeration of people. And I've used the word conglomerate twice this morning. <laughs> Bonus points. You wouldn't get this circle of people at any place other than the church. And that's really, really good. That's a good thing. And that's what we're going for. And then, beyond just a mishmash of people, the thing that you get in real church, what does it mean to be the church? You get Jesus at the center. This is part of what it means for us to uh, gather together. We're not just getting together because the coffee's decent and the band plays a few slick licks and Glenn's awesome and Trey shreds and Matt is incredible. And that is true, by the way. They're all very good. But we're not just getting together that. We're getting together because hopefully, when the church is the real church, we're allowing Jesus to be the center. Which means, essentially, we're allowing Jesus, gosh, we're allowing to be the most important person. Uh, I actually think that one of the things that we're called to in the next uh, little bit is to, is to practice, and here's a, here's a hot word these days, practice a little mindfulness podcasters out there mindfulness podcast yeah practice a little mindfulness uh, as it relates to what happens when we show up on sunday mornings and i don't mean this in any sort of guilt inducing way i just mean like attention is everything 
So to the extent that we can be mindful of the fact that, oh, you know what? We're actually coming. And part of what we're coming together to do is to let Jesus be the center. That's it. That is it. Like so many things happen from that spot. But we have to let Jesus end up being the center. So all kinds of people. And then Jesus is the center. And then, in verse 18, by the way, this message is going to be super short this morning. In verse 18, what's really great is, there are two things that are put out for us that are just essential Jesus. And they are essential when it comes to being the church. Look at verse 18. It says two things about it. They came to hear Him, and they came to be healed of their diseases. This is the church. What does it mean to be the church? We get together, we let Jesus be the center, and then we come to hear from Him, and we come to be healed by Him. I think this is a huge part of our history at the Vineyard, and it's a part we can never let go of. This is, I just want to re-emphasize this and bring it up from the Scripture for us this morning. This is such, such a picture of who we are. We've come to hear Him, and we've come to be healed by him. I want to talk to you for just for a second about hearing Jesus. Um, how many of you come to church expecting to hear from Jesus? Joyce does. High five to Joyce. Somebody give Joyce five bonus points. Ching, 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 ching. Yeah, this is one of the primary things that shapes the church. It's just listening to Jesus. Uh, and let me just say that one of the biggest ways to not hear Jesus is to come with preordained lists of things that you'd like Him to address. <laughs> right? It's like, you know, Jesus, I'm coming to church, really want to hear from you, and this is the list of things I need you to tell me about. You know? That's a great way to not hear from Jesus. Um, this is one of the things I've learned about Him along the way. He just has this, I don't know, unrelenting stubbornness and there's something about the Lord he just he thinks he's God and apparently he talks about what he wants to this doesn't mean that we this doesn't mean that we shouldn't dialogue with him about things that are maybe upsetting us or needs that we have that's ridiculous of course you should but it just shouldn't be the determining factor as to whether or not we get to hear from him you know? I mean, take your list. Great. Write it out. Put it up on your bathroom mirror. Pray over it three times a day. But something else needs to happen when we come together. Sometimes what we need to do is just put that list in our back pocket and just let go of it for a minute. Because oftentimes, oftentimes what Jesus has on his agenda for a Sunday morning, it might not be on the list. Or it may be on the list in a way that none of us calculated. You know? Part of letting Jesus be the center is letting Him talk about whatever He wants to talk about. And let Him speak whatever He wants. This is essentially letting Jesus be the teacher. And part of what that means is that you and I have to remain students. This is one of the hardest things, by the way. Um, if you're new here, or maybe you just have given your trust to Jesus, maybe you just decided to become a disciple of Jesus. You know all those people we baptized last week? Wasn't that cool? 
you know, maybe you're kind of in that spot. We've been baptizing people lately. Wasn't it cool when we baptized Arlene last week? Did you, any of y'all see that? That was baller. It was like the coolest thing that's happened here in a year. It was awesome. Um, and if that's you, then the idea of being a student of Jesus probably comes pretty easy. And in fact, it's pretty exciting. It really helps you hear Jesus. Because you, cause you're coming from that place of like, I don't really know anything. Now, here's the trouble though. After you come to church for a while, you know, we put some scriptures up here. You, you learn some stuff. You, you maybe, maybe you become a super Christian. You start reading your Bible every day. I recommend it. <laughs> super Christians. I recommend reading your Bible, but then, then maybe you do that for a good while, and then, you know, you, you come to the vineyard, and then you become a home group leader, and then you maybe, like, lead somebody to Jesus or baptize them. And then, then you do, like, crazy stuff, like get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and maybe you speak in tongues, and you teach somebody else some of that stuff. Then all of a sudden you're here for a while, and then and then pretty soon you could be a decade into this, and without even knowing it, because it happens so darn quietly and so darn slowly, just something calcifies in your life, and rather than being a student of Jesus, you're like a Jesus expert, you know. And the one thing that will absolutely shut off the voice of God in your life is being a Jesus expert. There there has to be something here. Like the part of what I see in this scripture is Jesus is the center and they came to hear him. And so there's something in the collective consciousness of those who gather around Jesus, especially if we're going to be the church. They, they, they've learned how to remain students. Uh, listen, I've been doing this, um, this Jesus thing for a good while. And I'll tell you right now, after 20 years of like professional ministry or whatever that is, and then a lifetime of being raised in a Christian home and hearing the Jesus story. I'll just tell you guys right now, I have more questions now than I have answers. Okay? So I, talk, I get up here and I talk, and I talk for a living. And so over the last decade, I've gotten a lot better at it. And you think I know what I'm talking about. See, this is part of the invisible social contract that we have every Sunday morning. I stand up and say things. I don't stumble as much. And you think that my confidence means that I know what I'm talking about. It's actually not true. There's so many things I just don't get. The, the more I walk with Jesus and the more I live with God, the more I go, man, I got big time questions about some stuff. And I just don't know. And one of the real things that I've come to realize over the last five years is that, that I'm a student. I'm still a student of Jesus. There are things that I don't get. And, and some of this has literally come from pain, you know. <laughs> Unfortunately, pain seems to be the biggest introduction into realizing you're still a student of Jesus. But that's just where we're at. But here's the other part. Being a student of Jesus keeps his voice open to us. What does it mean to be the church? All kinds of people gather. Jesus is at the center. We come to hear from him, which means we let him talk about what he wants to talk about. And it means that essentially we are students of Jesus. And we never outgrow the need to be students of Jesus. The other thing I'd like to say about hearing Jesus is that you can hear him all kinds of ways. And what I mean by hearing all kinds of ways, I mean just within the context of coming to a church meeting. You know, some of you might hear him in the prayers we pray. Some of, him, some of us in the room might hear Jesus in the songs that we sing. You know, this morning, I'll just be honest with you. Uh, this morning at the end of worship when we all just began to sing, I love, I love, I love, I love you. I mean, I, I didn't just feel something. 
I, you know, I, I felt something. And if you didn't feel something, check your pulse. Are you alive? Yeah. But I began, first service in particular, I just began to hear the Lord. I began to hear the Lord. And here's what I mean by hear the Lord. I began to realize I'm not just singing I love you, but I began to realize that scripture, you know, that, one, that weird one out of the Old Testament, the Zephaniah one, where it says he'll rejoice over you with singing. I began to realize, oh, he's singing that over me. And no one sings I love you to God unless they first, in some way, heard him sing it over them. Like, you don't, go, you don't do that. Like, worship is always a response. And so just even in worship... I began to hear the Lord sing, I love you. I think a lot of people probably did this morning. First service, we absolutely did. It was a, it was a bloody mess in here. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you might, you might hear Jesus in the songs we sing. Um, I, gosh, if you're, if you're super in tune, you might even hear him in the sermon. I don't know. Or you might hear him in the scripture. Or in the prayer time. Or here's another one you might end up bumping into Jesus between services and the conversations you have with people. That happens all the time. That happens all the time. We have to look for Jesus everywhere. Because Jesus is always, always with us. And he's always wanting to talk. Paul uses this one image for the church over and over again. He says that the church is the body of Christ and that Jesus is the head. Well, if that's true, I think it is. If Jesus is the head of church and that we're the body, well, gosh, you could bump into Jesus. You could bump into Jesus over there somewhere. And it could be it could be any moment. It could be any moment. But sometimes we just don't we're not aware of it. Listen, gotta wake up. When we get together, Jesus is in the center, and the first thing he's doing is he's always talking. He's got something to say. Alright. Secondly. Secondly. They came to be healed of their diseases. I love this. Another central function of the church is to encounter the healing of Jesus. And I don't just mean metaphorical healing. I always have to say that these days. One of the things we do to parts of the scripture that, um, that we struggle to believe is the first thing we do is we just mythologize all of it. This is always the first step. Anytime the Bible talks about Jesus healing their diseases, if you listen to a contemporary interpreter, the first thing they'll almost always do is just mythologize it. Well, this is, this is Jesus, and then they'll just insert, you know, cultural mythology here. Right? And um, one of the things I just want to say up front is Jesus never would have gathered the following that he had and his story never would have captured people the way it was if he wasn't actually healing more than metaphorical problems. They came to him to have their diseases healed. Right before we read this passage, Jesus heals a guy at church with a shriveled hand. Now, look, I get it. It was another time. And people's diseases and sicknesses, they were way out front. Um, it was no problem to tell who needed help. You know what I mean? In a problem where there was really no modern medicine and no one took Crestor, you know? There was, yeah, think about that. Nobody had Crestor. Uh, here's the other part. No one brushed their teeth, you know? There was, there was no white strips. Um, there, was, there was none of this. So people's just issues were very present. You know, you just, 
you tell a joke. You see the, all there is. It's like, God. And one of the temptations when we read passages like this is, well, modernity tends to tell us that, ah, whatever this is, it doesn't really apply to us. You know, we've got Crestor. We've got like Lipitor. We've got a cream for that, you know? <laughs> and then, you know, I, my favorite is like, you, you take the pill and then you get a list of things you didn't want and then you need another pill for the list that it gives you. It's amazing, isn't it? Well, just so you know, like here at the Vineyard, we're not anti-doctor. We believe the kingdom of God is now and not yet, which means go to the doctor and get prayer. That's what it really means. But one of the things that we are tempted to do with passages like this is our modern mindset just wants to tell us, well, you know, we need to hear from Jesus, and by here we just need to hear the gospel. And by gospel we mean don't go to hell. Which is, this is all a joke, by the way. What we really need to hear is we need to hear the current word from Jesus. Which is always the gospel. But it's so nuanced for you. And then secondly... We need to have our diseases healed. And I want to just say right up front, some of us here are probably like really sick in our bodies right now. Some people in this room are probably like experiencing pain. And then beyond that, beyond that, uh, we need to have our whole lives brought before God, everything that's diseased, right? Uh, my body, the pain, and then also just my history, my diseased history. Like some of you grew up in really crappy homes with a super crappy dad. And because of that, you got real angry. And the reason you got angry is because your dad was a jerk. And listen, the anger was appropriate. But now you've carried it from the time you were seven and now you're 37. You got 30 years of being angry and you wonder why your blood pressure is a million and you're about to explode with an aneurysm in your head. Can I tell you something? It's not just that you have high blood pressure. It's that Jesus wants to touch the disease of your anger that was legitimate but is now killing you. Does this make sense? Jesus wants to touch all the diseases. All the diseases. And I look at, look at verse 19. Anybody want a memory verse to put on the mirror? The, the end of verse 19. And he healed everyone. All diseases. All the anger. All the resentment. All the cancer. All the pain. All of it. All of it. He heals it. And this is what the church is. This is what the church is. It is a ragamuffin conglomeration of people who let Jesus be the center and we come and let him be the teacher, we be the students, we hear from him and we let him heal all the diseases. Is that good enough for you guys? Amen. Listen, I don't even have to say anything else. That's like baller. That is it. We can go home. Except we're not. And here's why we're not. Because I'm done 15 minutes early and I think we should just wait on Jesus and see if he wants to be the speaker or the healer. Is that okay? Man, he healed some people for a service. And you know what? It wasn't even metaphoric healing. That's <laughs> my favorite. Yeah, that's amazing stuff. Some of you are like, I don't know what's about to happen. Can I let you in on something? I don't know what's about to happen. But it's not scary. I can tell you that. Hey, if you're on the ministry team this morning, why don't you come up here with me? Because I'm probably going to need a bit of help. Wonderful. Thank you again for stopping by the podcast at the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening here at the Vineyard, you can follow us on Facebook, 
Twitter, or Instagram. Until next time, peace to you.